We're recording. We're ripping in. Welcome to episode 64. Oh, wait. Let me just hit this real quick. Welcome oh. to episode 64 of the Jungle Brothers <laughs> podcast. Oh. That's good, eh? You like that one? What do you think about this one? Hey, Tiara, good to see you, man. How are you living? Oh, thank you. Thank All right. You. Thank you All right. Okay, guys, keep it down. Episode 64, uh, we didn't record last week. Really sorry. It was a busy week and Friday was the day before the gym opened. So we're getting ready to open back up. So that took priority. But um, we're back in action and uh, a couple of things to, to bring you guys up to speed on. Um, the, the gym is open, which is awesome. It opened last Saturday. So we've had almost a week's worth of operation thus far. Um, we have some restrictions in place and we're managing them very well. But thankfully, because our space is quite large, it, it's, it's allowed us to operate without really having to change all that much. Um, so we've got plenty of new people coming in. Um, everyone's seeming quite motivated to get into their training. So if you're thinking that you want to get into your training, now's a good time to get in touch with us. So junglebrothers.com or at Jungle Brothers Movement on Instagram. Um, and then the only other thing is that our internship is kicking back off. This is the one we started pre-COVID, so it's actually a full internship at this point. Uh, we've got seven awesome humans in on that. That'll be kicking off in the next couple of weeks or re-kicking off. Uh, but we are taking names for our next one, which at this point will either be starting end of the year or early next year. So if you're interested in that, same avenues, reach out, get in touch and let us... Um, help you take your coaching practice or skills to the next level. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Worthington. We've got Tiora Ward in the house. Hello. Hey, man, it's just the two of us today. Paulie's on a little break, um, which... Bludger. What a bludger. He just... Who takes a holiday, you know? It's Especially like, three days. I know. I know. And he yeah, had one, like, last year. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, fuck, how many do you need? But... Um, it's good. Everyone's, we're, we, yeah, I think coming out of the COVID thing, we've all realized that a, a little break would be nice because we were actually kind of just as busy as always, but maybe in different ways. Yeah. Busier. Busier? Yeah. Definitely for me. I've probably had a, the busiest, one of the busiest periods I've had ever in this business. Wow. Mm. Is, that, is that mostly coming down to the gym build side of things? Gym build mostly. And then coming out, coming into COVID, we had our best, like, our best two months of sales ever so that was um really busy and because we have a pro like a quite a large process of getting someone on the floor um in a gym like ours which is a, a duty of care um it takes up a lot of time you know or good fun times but it's a time and energy yeah nonetheless output for sure mm. and so today we're, we're kind of diving into that and we're talking about the gym build um, and, you know, if, obviously not everyone listening has seen the place, but it's undergone some pretty considerable upgrades or changes since we closed for COVID. Um, and it, it looks amazing. It looks absolutely stunning. Um, T, that is a role that is uh, one of the hats you wear amongst others. He's the gym build guy. So he oversees that arm of the business. Um, do you want to give us a little overview on just, you know, what that role is and, and, and how it works? Yeah. Oh, can you turn my headphones up just a little bit? A little bit, yeah. So Sorry. I'm coming up. How's that? How's that? How's yeah, that? that's good. good I'll make it down just a touch. Down. How's that? Thank you. Very nice. Thanks, bro. Uh, yeah, uh, I think I, I fell into that role in the old gym. I think all of our roles we just kind of fell into, you know, marketing and you know, accounting and gym building, that kind of stuff. I guess at the end of the day, it's stuff that you find an interest in. And then you kind of gravitate towards that part of the gym and the stuff that you don't, you're not interested in, you kind of 
hide away from it like we do from account. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Until there's, you're the last person hiding, in which case it becomes your role. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When, when the other two are away on holidays and you're like, shit, I've got to fucking do this now. But pardon me. Um, yeah, so fell into the role, the old gym. I think the first major kind of gym build we did was um, when we decided to dig up uh, three quarter, two quarter, two thirds of our our gym floor. That was a <laughs> the concrete slab. <laughs> yes. That was the fuckedest job. Oh, the shit job. Let me give you guys a bit of context oh about how God. that happened. We when the the old gym, our first gym, was a business that we bought from a, uh, a another gym. They were a, a uh, like a non-affiliated CrossFit gym. So they weren't actually a CrossFit gym, but that was what they were teaching. Anyway, it had, uh, it was a, you know, it, it used to be a mechanics garage apparently and it had this section of flooring that uh, tapered off into like an oil pit. Yeah, it was like a sink. Yeah. Like a big concrete sink that we had no idea existed because someone had built a makeshift uh, lifting platform over the top of it. That's right. And then we went to lift we that up. see it. So we could actually have more than five people in the gym at once, um, we saw this big sinkhole in the middle of the floor, which was like, it was pretty catastrophic when it comes to floor space. Yeah, it was shit. Yeah. And you couldn't, and I mean, if you think, <laughs> the sink itself was what, like maybe a metre by a metre, but the whole, like, like you said, two thirds of the whole floor had a taper on it, <laughs> tapering down into this hole. So you could put, you know, a ball or a barbell or something anywhere in the gym, it would roll away. Roll into the sink. Yeah, it was shit. Oh, fucking hell. So T had the, the, the idea, he's like, we're going to fix it. We're going to, um, we're going to dig the concrete up. We tried a few different things. What did we, we try? We tried to fill it with like planks of like ply that we found down the uh, road. Yes, we did. And put mats over the top of that. That didn't work. That was horrible. And then we were like, okay, well, maybe we can get some leveling concrete in. And um, then we're told that was definitely not going to work because the edges would just chip away. Yeah. Um, and then I spoke to m- one of my wife's uh, 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 cousins, who um, was in the building industry at the time, and he's a bit of a bit of a rat bag. I think he's been like in and out of you know jail and stuff like that. And Our kind of guy. <laughs> he's come in, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you just need to you just need to get a jackhammer and just pull all of this up." And then lay, lay a new slab. I didn't know what any of that meant. I was like, oh, okay, all right. And he goes, hey, I'll get some tools for you. You'll be able to do it yourself. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then we <laughs> turned up with this fucking petrol-powered, uh, what is that, concrete, concrete cutter? Concrete saw. Oh, my gosh. And he just fucking whips it on. He's like, and, and he's going, you've got to make sure that when you're cutting, because it had no safety guard on it, said, when you're cutting with this thing, if it kicks back, uh, there's a chance it might end up lodged in your in your head, so you got to make sure you keep because <laughs> there's no safety guard on it, oh and you got to have someone on a hose watering down the, the blade as you do it, because the, the the watering system in it doesn't work either. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm capable of doing this. He goes, I'm like, are you sure I'm I'm like qualified to handle this tool? And he's like, yeah, you'll be fine, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just cut the edges, and then you'll get rid of this in like you know a couple of hours on the jackhammer. For what was it? Three weeks later, I think it was. Dude, two weeks later. Yeah, two, five it of was us. Two two weeks of jackhammering, wasn't it? Or <laughs> and the gym was covered in like fucking concrete dust. But you're you're, you're skipping over one of the most 
memorable parts of that for me, which was that <laughs> so T was the go-between yeah. and he was essentially the project manager on this and he's like, we're doing it. I've spoken to Dave. We got the plan. He's got the tools. We're good. And we're like, all right, great, let's go. And this is typically our attitude is like, there's a solution. Okay, great. What needs to be done? Let's, let's make it happen. And so as I remember, it was a, maybe a Friday and you started the cutting. <laughs> you started cutting the cutting, Are yeah. you doing it by yourself, I think? Yeah. Or maybe with Dave? Yeah, and no, then, by myself. And we had the, I had a car, the car lights on, on it because we couldn't run power because of the amount of water that was on the floor and it had those real low power points. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And then um, essentially uh, T said – Guys, you were going away that weekend with yeah, D for a seminar, yeah. for a course. So you were like, hey guys, I'm actually away for the weekend, but I've got all the gear here. Here's how to do it. Get Just it. turn up tomorrow morning. You guys will be fine. You'll knock yeah. it out. And so it was me, Paul and Betsy turned up the next day and we were like, oh my fucking God. Like he wants <laughs> us to run this saw. Like we were even more concerned about it than you were because yeah. <laughs> we didn't even have Dave there to go, no, nah, you'll be sweet, mate. Jump in. <laughs> And we're like, oh God, all right, we'll give it a go. And yeah, it was a whole weekend of like, and it's funny, right? We're like pretty strong guys. We work out and stuff. Broke us. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Jackhammering and dealing with concrete breaks you. Yeah, that was hard work, man. It was uh, awful. And we had to find a way of getting rid of it all because we had no money. Yeah. And, and I think we did about, well, we're chucking in the back of my father-in-law's ute. And then you spoke to the building guys next door. Yeah that were building, managing those huge building blocks. And they were like, yeah, mate, just dump it, dump it, dump it in the big bins over there. Yep. So we had those Legends. guys that were dumping into there and then we didn't even know how we were going to get the concrete. We ended up talking to someone else that knew a concrete pourer and they came in and pulled half our rig out and laid it and no one knew how to smooth it out. Yeah. So, oh man, it was an, it was an ugly job. Lucky it was covered with mats. Yeah, but we were just pulling because we had no money. We, we pulled strings skin. from from everywhere oh, to make that happen. And there were those two Tongan boys that came down and helped with the concrete. <laughs> yeah. They were legends. Yeah, they just came, did it for free, and then left. Um, but it was interesting. I got a piece of pipe that I jackhammered through on that on the Sunday after I came back from the course. That I saw you guys, um, and I was like my first time on the jackhammer, and I punched a pipe. Um, and then we had to wait, get plumber in, cut the water off, resolder the pipe, and I and I found the pipe after we finished the job. And I was like, right, um, if this gym fucking makes it, I'm gonna hold on to this pipe. I'm gonna remember that this all this this whole fucking shit fight was worth it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's still sitting in my little bucket over there. Yeah. And every time now when there's a big like a, a big job on where we're gonna blow a bunch of money and ask for a lot of favors. And, you know, if I could stretch myself thin, I always kind of think about that bit of pipe and I kind of look at it and I think, right, doesn't matter what we do now. That was the biggest risk we ever took. We had no money. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We didn't know if it was going to make any difference to our floor space, which it did. Um, and uh, from there on, it's like, okay, well, nothing's going to be as, as tough of, as, as that period and as, as much of a, a sacrifice and as much of a risk. And, um, and usually at the end of it, it's, it's, it's worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a real driver. Um, and I think um, just from that, that was that uh, kind of push for us. It was like, okay, we're going to grow out of this space, we need to move into a bigger space and that same approach. 
just kept following us through, hitting up people for favours, not having any money, taking on projects way too big and then blowing out a budget and went to dust settles, ending up with a fucking amazing product, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So on that, and I, th- and I think this is um, maybe, you know, this might be interesting for people listening and, and I guess when you're looking at businesses from the outside and you see, like we all see, um, you know, you see big businesses or you see big outlays within business. You go to a restaurant and they've obviously spent hundreds of thousands of dollars fitting it out. You know, you can go to, um, I don't know, you, ju- you go to a cafe and you're like, fuck, this is a new cafe. They've obviously spent a shitload of money on this. Mm. So with jobs like that, which we obviously largely took it on ourselves and went out on a limb and it could have ended up really badly, right? Um, why didn't we just get professionals to do it? And why didn't we just go, all right, you're a concreter, you're a builder, whatever, this is what we need done, can you do it? Um, well, I guess we do that anyway. Uh, we just do it with no money. We've never really had a budget for gym build, even though we do spend a lot of money on it. There's never been like, okay, we're going to take $100,000 and we're going to apply it to, gy- to, to building a gym and we'll get uh, an interior designer and someone from fucking Alpha Fit to come down and kit out our gym and do all of that and someone else. Um, I think one of the, the, the two major reasons why we haven't gone down that path, one, it's expensive for what you get. So you get less for your money. Uh, two, it's generic and you get... This, a gym that looks exactly the same as the next one. And that's something that we've always kind of steered away from because we don't do the same as what the next gym does inside our gym. And I think the space, the space needs, to, to, needs to reflect um, the kind of humans that you build. And there's a, um, there's a quote from a guy uh, called Marshall McLaurin, and he's a... Um, He's a media philosopher from Canada that I know absolutely nothing about. I don't even know what he does. I don't know what he represents, but he's got a quote that says, uh, we become what we behold. We shape our tools and thereafter our tools shape us. So when you're looking at, say, someone who's sitting in an office all day, you you build a chair, you build a computer, and then you spend lots of time on it. And before you know it, you're starting to take the form of of the space around you. Um, Great quote. In our gym, I think the fact that there's so much diversity and also a lot of our individual um, taste and our passion that goes into the build, um, that in turn shapes the people that train in here. Um, so when you're looking at uh, what, what the aim is for, for a build like ours, like, are you, like, like any garden, you'll plant the right flora and you attract the right fauna. So firstly, a gym like this attracts a certain kind of human uh, and that's humans that are similar to us because they obviously uh, like our style, they like the, the, the tools that we use, they like our use of space and all of that. Um, and then also, you know... Our Not eth- douchebags. Yeah, no, douchebags don't like our gym. Um, for us, we, we, we actually quote uh, as part of our ethos that we build strong, durable, useful humans and that's exactly what our gym represents. You walk in and you look at it and it might not be the most attractive looking space but everything in it is strong 
and durable. It's going to last much longer than probably any of us. Uh, and all of everything has a use here. Like it's all interactive. And that's from like the inbuilt cupboards that we use for kick-ups, chest walls to, you know, the fucking rig and all the other stuff. Like all of it you can hang off. All of it can, you can step on, you can walk on, you can jump on it. You know what I mean? It's all interactive and it's, and it's really, it's built tough, you know? Uh, and when you build something strong, uh, you usually have to pay a lot of money for it. And I think the, the path that we've taken has allowed us to come up with a product that's not necessarily looking uh, like the perfect generic style gym, but the, the interactiveness of, of the space is, I think, is, is much, uh, uh, yeah, it's fucking great, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, you only have to kind of cruise into our gym and pay attention to the small details and then you start to kind of see the the reality of what you just mentioned, you know, what you just spoke about in that the there's tiny little details and things. It's not like it's it's not like we um it's not like we're really super particular about about everything. We're quite we're quite broad and we're pretty rough and ready with certain parts, but it is it's all very considered and it's all very I guess you'd say it's very utilitarian, isn't it? Yeah. But there's very little fluff. No. There's no bullshit. No. Uh, and that's how we like it. Yeah. And we try to make it comfortable and nice, but we also try to make it really work. Mm. You know, it's not like a studio feel. It's a, it's a workspace. It is a workspace. And if you've got a wall, then the wall's either used for, uh, for training on or it's a storage wall or something like that. But it also triples as something that's aesthetic and nice to look at. Yeah. Know? Um, it's, it's unique. There's no other gym like our gym that, I, that I'm aware of. Um, no, I think the, the places that would look more like our gym are like motorcycle workshops. And breweries and shit. Breweries, yeah. <laughs> we actually had a, a couple of new members who said the other day that when they, when they first drove past here, they saw the container, they saw the garden, they saw the deck, the fairy lights we have through the grapevine, and they thought it was a brewery. And they're like, that looks like a cool brewery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is awesome. We could run a brewery here. We could totally run a brewery. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Find space for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do. The, I mean, look, the closed system is really important to us. So we want to get the, the, the space into a position where it's carbon positive. Uh, we want to have um, a, a space that, that, that forces people just to accept other styles of training. So the multiple discipline factor of our gym, the fact that we can, we can change it from class to class, from a, a, a space that's um, specific, specifically um, lift-based and you've got lots of heavy weight getting thrown around and then literally the next class is meditating and, and stretching. Um, it forces people to... You can't have hookups. You can't come into a, a, a gym like us and just be jacked up on muscle and lift all day and then scoff at the, at the yogi. You know what I mean? Um, and I think this is important because it just recognises uh, a little bit of equality and, and you know, it, it also forces you to look into the areas of your body that need, need attention, you know? So if you are very strong, again, you know, th- there's space there that, is, that, that forces you to, to look at, at your, your poor range of motion, whatever it is, you know what I mean? It's a good point. When you, um, 
I think we can all identify when you hang out in a in any place, but in any place where there's a kind of specialized culture, like when you start going to a, a commercial gym or you hang out at your jiu-jitsu club or, you know, whatever it is, even if you hang out at your favorite cafe all the time, you can start to think that that, that culture is everything yeah. and that being like that is everything. And I remember feeling like that at the gym, being like, oh, I've got to, I've got to look like these guys and I've got to be big and jacked and I've got to use the cable machine and you know this when i was like 16 and trying to understand how to you know build muscle and and sort of thing and so you get really influenced by that um and that starts to create like a like a like a ranking and like a like a bit of a uh hierarchy yeah hierarchy and a class structure within for sure specialist gyms i mean you go to a jiu-jitsu gym and it's and it's displayed in a belt system yeah you know you go into a good kickboxing gym and you'll hear the, the 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 good guys and girls are like on the pads and the bags, and you're like, okay, they're they're the alphas, you know. But here it's different. I mean, we had Paul in yesterday. It's a perfect example. This guy's like a a very proficient black belt, and in any jujitsu gym, he's like, you know, he's the alpha. Beast. And then um, we had him downstairs doing some mobility work for his lats, and he looked like an old man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so he goes he from like one class beta. being being the head coach, and the the systems designer for that class. Like you don't get more, more higher ranked than that in our gym. To being like an absolute beginner in a class that's going to get, get him dominated by a bunch of you know women that are twice his age, kind of thing. Yeah, know? yeah. And I th- I think it's 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 good. It's good for people to be able to just be leveled out you know because it helps you make turns you into a into a better human you know at the end of the day well yeah Not i mean it's physically. all it can all be a bit of an illusion can't it that you can yep. you can be in a place and be you know the top dog and then whatever you want to go and you know i mean we talk about this with with physicality all the time but you can be really great at powerlifting or whatever and then you go and kick a soccer ball around you snap your achilles or yep. tear your groin because you're not used to moving sideways um, so yeah, it, for sure, it ties in. I guess it really ties in in a, both the physical side, but also the sort of the the not the spiritual, but the sort of um, like in your self awareness where you're like, oh, okay, like yeah, I, everyone is kind of equal here because yeah. I'm shit at these things. Yeah, and it, and it's a they, hopefully good at something. It, it's good for for social interaction because you can you you you're more approachable. Uh, you can approach other people that are potentially very good at something. And you can sh- knowledge share in a space like that, you know. Yeah. You don't feel like you're, you know, you're you're too good for anyone. Um, the space also encourages interaction, having different uh, levels and keeping everything open. Uh, and this open plan that we've we've done because there's been many times when it would have been very easy for us to just section things off and create uh, exclusive spaces that don't have. Um, visual interaction with other areas of the gym and the mezzanine is a perfect example that how we went with uh, a full net instead of um you know a wall for instance so you can actually see the color and movement of people working upstairs and rolling and 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 fighting and then downstairs people lifting and climbing ropes and shit like that so i think um visually it's really it's a really nice space to be in uh and it stops 
these splinter cells forming where you get like the jujitsu community, splinter and cells, the lifting I like that. community, and they don't they don't interact. Well, the only time they see each other when they pass each other the bag rack, you know. Yeah, like they actually you constantly in each other's face, uh, not you know right up close, but you see people and then you get to know them, you know. Yeah. Um, it's funny how that evolves, isn't it? You yeah. s- you've experienced it in gyms before. Oh, yeah. When you, especially when Clicky you're crews, one of the fighters yeah. and you're in a gym where there's, I don't know, some weightlifting or something. I've experienced yeah. it in a gym where I'm, I'm like a grappler and then there's strikers and you're yeah. kind of like, for some reason, you just don't gel. Yeah. You know, it's so silly. Yeah, yeah. You just uh, kind of avoid each other. Yeah, you avoid each other, especially if you've got like dual levels or something like that. You won't even talk to each other. But I, I think a lot of it comes down to to space, the design of a space. You know, I think Paul's mentioned this quite a few times that design is just, it will just, will, um, will dictate the, the way people interact. And I think it's really important. Um, the gym also polarizes. So it pushes white people away that we don't want any. And I know that sounds horrible. And, and it's not that it pushes people away that we don't want in here, it pushes people a way that aren't ready to be in a space like this. Mm. And that changes after time. Maybe someone turns around and goes, you know what? I think I need a bit of that in my life now. I'm ready for it. But if you're, if you're not ready for that kind of interaction, if you're not ready to, to, to confront the, your, the, area, the, your, the weaknesses that your body has, then a space like this, if you look at it, is going to be quite intimidating for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we get that every now and then where you get someone coming from... from Anytime fitness or something, who's you know carrying a shitload of muscle and looks fantastic, and they'll kind of they won't step past the threshold of the roller door. They'll usually stand at, at the roller door, and they'll look in, and the front is there, but you can see you can smell that there's intimidation in there. Yeah, which is really strange because you're looking at something that's reflecting, you know, alpha masculinity and strength and <laughs> you know capability. Yeah, and they look at a space like ours and it's like, okay, this is going to expose, it's going to expose me, you know, all mm. the weakness. And um, that's exactly what it's designed to do. It's just a matter of whether you're ready or not to, to be able to confront it. And, you know, I mean, I, fe- I feel that myself when I come into this space and I see something, someone doing something that I'd love to be able to do and I know that I need a bit of that and I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to put that on my list and I'll explore that, you know. Especially when I watch Alan doing his stuff. Mm, the coordination work. Ugh, right. I mean, I look at it and I think I should probably do a bit of that, but I'd never do. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> it's true. It's hard. There's not enough hours in the day, really, no. to explore. If you look at the diversity of things on offer here, there really isn't enough time. No. Unless you were doing it full time. Yeah, you do got to live in here. We've got to run that biz though. Which is kind of, you know, there are people in here that do that. So going back to the um, going back to that question I asked about the you know why don't you why don't we just pay someone to do it and obviously like a big factor there is cost yeah. by by us taking on whatever piece of these big projects we can we reduce the cost yeah but we also I guess we learn a skill set so that when we need to do that the next time we require less help don't we yeah yeah that's right and and you know what like the there's so many good resources within our Jungle, Brother com- Jungle Brothers community and this is like uh, tradesmen, you know, interior designers, uh, you know, just avid um, 
you know, gardeners. We've got we've got everything here. Yeah, carpenters, metal Ca- workers, yeah. electricians. Yeah, the whole ceramicists. Bit. Yeah, and and like all different kinds of carpenters, ones that are that build form work, and others that do cabinet cabinetry, and others that do bespoke bespoke recycled. And we've used all of them. Um, I hit them up for for, for favors continuously, and I, I think the. Everyone that's, I mean, fuck, I don't know. I think everyone who's a member of this gym has worked on this gym for free <laughs> at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just hit up anyone and everyone who's available at the time and ask them if they want to get involved. And um, it sounds selfish, but it also, these big builds, they build camaraderie. I get really close to the, to the, to the members that, that are part of these builds. Um, I've made some of my best friends out of the gym as members through these builds. And, um, uh, yeah, and it's, it's just something about it, man. It's just fucking mad to be able to walk in and know that that you you did that yourself. You know what I mean? You just uh, value it more and you, you, you want to look after it a little more and, you you know, you're, you've got a, an attachment to it and that you've done that with people that you love and admire and, and, and have a relationship with is even better. And I think when our members walk into the gym and they see things that they've been a part of, it's taking ownership, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's great for us because those members get more attached to, to being here and um, for building relationships, yeah, it's fucking... I don't think you can get any stronger, you know? So was that, was that an intentional... Um, was that an intentional part of, like, did you recognize that early on and think if I incorporate the members into this stuff that they will take more ownership and it creates a stronger bond between them and the business or them in the space? Or was it just something that you noticed as a side sort of effect? Of yeah, it? yeah, it's totally a side effect. I think at the beginning it was just asking for help. Yeah. You know, like not having any money, being next to someone that that has a has a knowledge knowledge has knowledge and skill set and saying hey can you show me how I can do this because I don't you know and then they'll turn around and say oh, I'll just do it for you. Uh, are oh, you that sure? Worked. Yeah. Oh. Do you want to copy? <laughs> try that one again? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I uh, you know you keep going. I'll get the sandwiches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty much my role. Yeah. The whole of the build is just. I mean, look, it's important. You got to keep everyone fed. Um, you got to keep everyone happy. You've got to be there working with them the yep. whole time. Like if you're asking people for favors and I've asked a lot of people for a lot of favors and you have to have the intention of repaying those favors somehow. It's got to be a contra deal in there, you know, and it doesn't matter if that's, um, you know, membership or fucking PT or programming or just being available when someone calls you at, you know, 9pm at night because they've got issues with their wife or something. And, and being available for that phone call just to just chat as a mate, you know? Yeah. Um, there has to be an exchange you can't just, like, can't just take from people, especially when you're dealing with, with trades and shit like that. Yeah. So the intention, when I'm, whenever I ask any of these, these guys and girls for, for favours, is to, to, to give back more than what I've taken. And I might not be able to do it on the spot, but I know over time, in my head, I feel comfortable with that because they're going to get what they've put in and they're going to get it even more so. I think when you have a friendship, that's what what friendship is all about at the end of the day, isn't it? You know, it's a transaction. Like you're giving 
and you're, you're receiving and that, that has to be a two-way thing, you know? Yeah. And at certain times you might not need anything and you're in a position to give and then other times that changes and you're, you need, you need a, you, you're a friend in need and, and someone will be there for you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a cultural, it's a cultural thing here at JB's, you know? Um, yeah, I, like, I can't think of a part of the gym that we haven't had a member involved from the sign out the front. We had Will Lyons hand-painted all of our signs. Yep. He's one of a fellow that I train. Using a design um, that Joe handmade, yep. one of our ex-members. One of our ex-members. And then we've got, you walk through the front doors, you've got uh, mosaics that we've built, that the members built um, through tiles that were um, kilned in um, Rebecca Fitzgerald's um, pottery, kit, studio. pottery studio yep. down the road. And she's she, also a member. She glazed them, painted them. Glazed and painted them. And then uh, we even had members cut them out and write their names in, some, in the leaves. So all the leaves are, uh, you know, d- designed by, by other members. The whole garden was, um, uh, was built over like two huge garden days. And I think probably about three quarters of our membership base were involved in that at some point or another, they picked up a shovel or painted some stuff and... Brought food. Yep. Yeah, that's right. You had Anand, Anand that's bought food pretty much every build. He'll turn up with a whole stack mad of... snacks. Mad snacks. Um, and then we've got uh, the container that we bought off Derek, who's done all of our metal work. And that guy's just been, like, fucking amazing. He's a true saviour. Oh, man. <clears throat> he has built... He built our mezzanine... You know, he built uh, a whole rig. He built... Um, By the way, people keep messaging me, asking me where we got that rig. Yeah. And when I say it was custom built and I don't give you any more information because it's ours. Yeah, that's right. And Derek said, don't tell anyone I built it because I don't <laughs> never want to build this another one again. Shit fight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mate, mate, it can't yeah. be. I don't want to build one of them again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was fucking... That was a tricky build. That was a big job. Oh, gosh. And then, uh, you know, came in, container. That, then we had uh, we got the, the, the pond and all of our plumbing done by, by Eddie Patterson. He's also a fellow that I train. Uh, he's done all of, our, all of our, um, our plumbing. And then we've, got, we've tapped into the next door neighbor's water tank that's watering our garden. Uh, those guys were happy for us to use it so we didn't have to buy our own. Uh, that was just kind of overflowing. Um, you know, then we built our deck and Stefan and Marek and Carl but especially Stefan and Marek, they, they put in, I think, like five days, solid days, just um, like full days building that deck over over COVID. Um, we got the, the wood through Steve Lyon's brother um, and their business for wholesale. Um, Aaron Hook. Aaron Hook uh, was in there and he also did upstairs as well. So they're all carpenters. Um and, and, you know, man, I can't thank those guys enough. They just put in uh, so much time and energy. Into, Huge days. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, and funny, like, the, they're just, you know, and obviously there's more to mention there, but just the thing that I've noticed, like, when back in the day when we did projects, it was us doing them. And it was just because it had to be. Like, mm. we, didn't, we didn't really have that many members. And we weren't really in a position where we felt comfortable to ask for a lot of help. And I think we probably didn't know how to manage them anyway. Mm. So it was like, we'll just do it. And it was you, me and Paul and Betty back in those early days. And then over time, it sort of evolved. And it, it's literally at the point now where there's that many people working on the deck 
who knew what they were, who were, you know, really quite skilled. Better at that and better at, at doing it. Yeah, and I, I didn't get involved at all. I made some videos about it, but I was doing other things, mm. working on other things, which is, which in a way I'm like, oh, is that, a, is that bad? Like, is it bad that I'm not here till nine o'clock tonight doing it? And, you know, I kind of reconciled that it's, it's not as, you know, as long as I'm doing something. Yeah. But it's just very interesting that as it's evolved, it's gotten to that point. And it's like, it's so cool yeah. because those guys, like they're, they're sacrificing their time and energy, but they're, they're stoked to do it. Like they want to contribute, they want to help. Yeah. And they have a beautiful skill set and the know how to, to build something special. And so they do it, you know? Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, and they know they come in like with the intention of, of, of doing it as a gift. But they, I think they also know deep down that, you know, further down the track, they're going to get something in return of equal value, you know? Um, For sure. And yeah, so yeah, I mean, Stefan and Marek, fuck, those guys can work hard, you know? They just pumped it out. I was so, so impressed. And the skill set, you know, fucking great. Uh, and then, you know, we recycle a whole bunch of stuff. So the basins that we've got in, uh, in um, Jared's office, we got from Elaine's house that was sitting in the back of their, um, back of their shed. And we took, it's a big old concrete basin. And then we got some, some, um, some chain and rigged it to the ceiling. Uh, we punched through the concrete slab underneath so we hung it and then we uh, took wood from fees uh fees fees garage and that uh you know all those little bits uh or half the gym's built out of fucking stuff that's sitting in members ga- uh, garages at home josh built out <laughs> built the doors on our bathrooms yeah which are all bits of, of recycled bits of recycled wood. bits tiny bits that he's arranged together in like a parquetry kind of yeah fashion fucking sick they're incredible yeah and that was all scrap wood i was going into to the bin yeah 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 and you know it's funny though every time like we we take that stuff and we we give it a new life the 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 member that we 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 take it from because i'll go there i'll say hey has anyone got any fucking wood to put in there hey i got some stuff lying in the garage i'll go check it out look at it oh awesome take it to the gym you know, you'd be like, nah, this, is, this is junk, mate. I'll take it to the tip for you. Don't worry about it. I'll sort it out. And you're like, fuck yeah, hardwood. Yeah. <laughs> and we take it upstairs and lay it. And then as soon as the members see it, like in place, they're like, oh, really would have looked nice that. Would have looked nice in my, would have <laughs> done that deck around the pool or use that for my own bathroom. We should have done that. You know, yeah. like they say, because you give it a new life. Yeah. And people are like, oh man, that looks fucking great. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, we've done, uh, you if you once you walk through the garden and you get into the main gym and you look up, uh, we've got really high ceilings here um, and it allows us to to hang things and just get lots of elevation with our training, so straps and, um, and rope climbs and high rings and that kind of stuff. And this, again, adds another a dynamic to, to exercise. If you walk into most standard gyms, a lot of them you can just you can you can touch a fucking roof with your with your hands, you know, mm. especially especially if you're in an office block. But when you have when you have now when you can now go up and down like you can travel up, uh, this changes things, you know. There's huge amounts of upper body strength you can you can build from being able to to move up in elevation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even when you're using, utilizing your legs. Um, so we've been able to take advantage of of the height of our gym, but we didn't need all of it. So 
half of it, uh, we ended up building a mezzanine and that mezzanine was a fucking huge build. And again, we had Stefan and, and his boys on there. Um, Carl, who's been a part of every build, um, he was our member of the year last year. Carl's done, he's, he's got to have just been the most present at yeah. all projects. Yeah, he, every single one. He's phenomenal. Yeah, if there was a fourth... He'll come, he'll come in on a Sunday and work in the, on the garden. Yeah. Like he's on another level. Yeah, he sent me a text about half an hour ago saying, hey man, I have a feeling that there's something that you, you, you need to work on. Uh, I'm going to be in there around one. Do you need a hand? <laughs> and I was like, oh that, yeah, I need to put the, the, those inbook covers up. <laughs> I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And so yeah, he's, he, he's there for every single build from the start of the day to the finish. Yeah, which is phenomenal. And he's never asked for anything in return. Anything. Ever. He thanks us. Yeah. It's, really, it's, it's awkward. You're like, bro, thank you so much. He's like, thank you. Yeah. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's immense. Yeah. The amount he's contributed to this place. Yeah. And, he, you know, look, he's, he's the next wave of Jungle Brothers coaches. Like, he knows now how to build his own JBs. He moves like a fucking panther, you know. He's constantly absorbing information when he comes in here from coaches from classes uh, and he's learning every single element of what we do uh, here at JB's and once he finishes um, his coach's internship he will know the back end as well you know mm. so it's really nice to know that the, and he's young and he's fit and everything and just watching these guys come through the ranks handsome yeah single it's very single very single take note ladies yeah good on uh, the tools yeah <laughs> And um, yeah, so we, and then uh, we we had um, the mezzanine, and we you know I had so many p- different people involved. I had my father-in-law come in. Actually, my father-in-law Kenny, Kenny he's 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 a uh, uh, steel fabricator as well. And um, I've always relied on Derek, who's uh, you know just been our steel man since since we met Derek. Yeah, before Derek. Yes, it Kenny was always Kenny. Had done so much, and then um, I had a chat with him about the mezzanine, and we sat down. And he asked me all these questions about it, and it had already been built. And then right at the end, he goes, "You know what, T? I'm a little bit disappointed." And I'm like, "Oh, what's what? What are you disappointed about?" And he goes, "Oh, you didn't come to me once and ask me about the mezzanine." And I and then he kind of said, "All right, see you later." And this is why I was sitting in the car, and I was like, "God damn it, I feel like shit right now." And then I was like, "Right, you asked for it, Kenny." Should never, <laughs> you should never have reopened that floodgate. So I was on, on him the next day and I was like, oh, yeah, remember that conversation we had? <laughs> well, I got this stairwell I needed to build like on the mezzanine because Derek had built the, the, the runners for the stairwell, but he hadn't uh, factored in any of, the, um, any of the caging of the stairwell. And, he, and we knew that from the beginning of the build. He said, that's something you should look after yourself because it's just going to cost you a huge amount of money. And... Um, I thought, fuck, we'll figure that out when we get there. And, uh, and then anyway, uh, Ken came in with his brother. And, you know, Kenny's 67. His brother's 72. And they spent a whole day just fucking welding, shipping in metal and welding. And at the end of it, we had this fucking stairwell that's like, I mean, it's, it looks like you could put it in a fucking it's army like barrack. Little, yeah, but it's stylish too. Yeah, it looks like a sick. cocktail lounge. Yeah. In a motorcycle garage. Yeah, and I've I've taken heaps of stuff from his from his warehouse. They got this massive warehouse just full of old stuff from day one, man. Yeah, from day one of the gym, we've we've you've taken shit from there. Yeah, we got those beautiful light like um what are they? The uh, Baker light um 
Oh, the ones. Those ones that are hanging, are they from Kenny's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, are they like a 60s um, China hat? Is that you allowed to say that nowadays? Probably not. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's funny, they're, um, they're actually quite a. We've got some similar ones at home that are modern, but they're, they're, a, they're a nifty design because they're, they're designed like what was known as a China hat, but they're also designed so that when you, you can't see the bulb. Yeah, okay. that's why they have that second kind of thing in them. Yeah, and you don't get any piercing light coming from the sides. Yeah, so you just get this nice soft down light. Yeah, they're really quite quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were sitting in the corner of his of his warehouse, and I was looking at these things and they're covered in dust. They'd been there literally since the day that opened, and this was like fifty years ago. And um, I was like, "What are you What are you going to do with those, Kenny?" And he's like, "Ah, they're rubbish. Can chuck them out." <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, uh, can I have them?" And he's like. Oh, what do you want them for? It's, it's a pile of, pile, of, pile, of, pile of rubbish. And I was like, mate, I took them, polished them up. My and they trash. fucking amazing. They're beautiful. Very happy with them, yeah. So they hang over the stairwells walking up into our jiu-jitsu, into the, into the mat section. Uh, all of that wood was laid by, by Aaron, Stefan first, and then Aaron came and touched it up with the leftover decking from, from um, out the back. And it, that whole stairwell experience is fucking great um from kenny too we had the fa- our fans ah yes all our old fa- all the big fans big, big industrial fans. fans they all came from his workshop didn't they they was they were rigged to the walls in his workshop and they'd never been turned on <laughs> for 50 years incredible his workshop was, is fucking huge isn't yeah it? there was never power to them so they got rigged up they were rigged up there the day they moved in and power was never run to them so they're just dangling there with a fucking lead on the end and um I remember asking him, saying, well, did they ever turn on? And he's like, never turned them on in my life. And I was like, oh, would you be interested in selling them? And he's like, if you take them off the wall, you'd be doing us a favour. <laughs> so I was, that, literally that day, I grabbed them all, put them up in the gym, turned them on, and they were fucking perfect. Dude, they're like amazing. Ni- 1950s, like beautiful, Sat there for heavy. 50 years or yeah. whatever it was, 40 years or whatever, and turned them on and they worked perfect first time. <laughs> yeah. Silent. They well. don't make them like they used to. Nah. But yeah, I mean, for, for, uh, our bags, we put our bags onto, on a pulley, uh, pulley runners underneath the, um, underneath the mezzanine. So they're hooked up to the I-beams. So heavy yep. bags, that is. Heavy bags and, the, and they're, on, um, they're on pulley, what are they called? I-beam um, pulley clamps. So they're probably rated to about two tonne, but we've got about, what, 60 kilos hanging off them. <laughs> yeah. 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 Heavy duty. But again, cheaper than a, than a rail that you'd use t- to run bags. You'd probably spend about two grand on a rail that you run bags made of fucking aluminium. Yep. Cheap ship, wouldn't last for long. And now we've got, you know, heavy, uh, heavy metal that's going to last longer than us uh, for a fraction of the price, you know. Yeah. Plus it adds to the look, you know. I think it looks fucking mad. Yeah, it looks dope. Yeah. Um, bathrooms, again, we're recycling our water. Uh, for our cisterns, so when you wash your hands, we fill the cisterns up. Cisterns save. Uh, I think we were saving about, I don't know how many. It was like gigaliters a year in in water. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know exactly what if, if I've used the right unit there, but it was huge amounts. It's like a fucking lot. Thousands of liters of water that we're saving from not having to use hand well, washing your hands and flushing. The water, like literally halving the amount of water that you're using every time you go to the toilet. 
and the toilet flush a lot yeah. in a gym. You know what I mean? Because you've got people walking in and out all the time. Um, again, you know, we use corrugated iron for walls for the showers. When we, we um, sealed the walls and then put the corrugated iron on, I called the guys at the shop where, the, where they sell it. And I was saying, I said to them, hey, um, how would you go about applying them to like your, your roofing iron to, to shower wall? And they're like, you don't. And then they hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just went down and bought it anyway. Uh, and, the, you know, it works fine. It's great. You know? It's a look. Yeah, so that's yeah. well. That and you know the the other option was we tile it, which is the conventional thing for a bathroom. Yeah, and that we couldn't do, and we we looked and we're like, we can't afford that. Yeah, like we just scraped into the lease here, got the space. Yeah, we had a little budget for fitting it out. We kind of went over that by about triple the amount, and then we're like, well, fuck, we we got to do something in the bathrooms. Yeah, we can't tile it because that's going to be too pricey. So it forced you to look for alternatives, which was where the creativity comes from. Yeah. Which is kind of our story, isn't it? It's like getting, getting backed into a corner yeah. and then having to find a creative solution, yeah. which you end up with something that is largely more special than what it would have been if you just had the money. Yes. Because then you just have, a, like you said, a generic bathroom. That's right. Nice and white yeah, and tiles. Tiles, you know. Uh, and we were lucky enough to move next door to, uh, Fuck, to Ivan. Ivan, who's got, what, what, what does he do? He, it's called the Plant Yard, his business, and he rents, well, I think he rents like uh, machinery building and building stuff, yeah, to job sites. Yeah. But he's a hoarder. Yes. And he just has, he has everything. a huge collection of everything you can imagine. Yeah, like from like toilet seats to air conditioning unit faces without the air conditioners <laughs> behind them, stop signs, like hundreds of them in ladders, buckets and... Yeah, everything. Yeah, just everything. Bits of old wood stacked up to the ceiling. It's pretty. Um, I, the first time I walked in there it was on a Sunday, and he just come. He comes back from church on Sunday, and he puts on like choir music in the and the organ inside his um workshop, and you've got the skylights shining into this workshop, and you can look down the aisles of the workshop, and it's like it's like this warehouse, I should say, it's a massive warehouse, and it's like stepping into a a, a cathedral that's being lit but the cathedral it's got just as much detail as like one of those european gothic cathedrals or the baroque ones with all the bits on it yeah but it's it's all junk <laughs> it's so surreal and, and i remember but it's well organized junk gosh. isn't it yeah it's not like he knows where it's not is. a dump no yeah it's all very you know it's a system yeah and it works the yeah. stuff he rents it <laughs> people you know it goes out in trucks and and then Anyway, he came into the gym when we first moved in and he said, right, you guys open a gym, you need to fucking clip this place clean because it was, it was disgusting when we first got here. Walls, roof, fucking the beams. eye beams and that was a massive job. Just a layer of grime on everything, years and years of debris. And we had no idea how to do it. We just knew we had to. We probably would have just used a duster oh, or something. made a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, and he said, right, you got to dust it. We had to dust it all with a high-powered... Um, Blowers, yep. the petrol powered blowers. And he gave us those, he gave us a forklift to use, take the blowers, blow it all out first, get the big industrial fans, blow out the dust. And then after we blow all the dust out, then we had to power clean everything. And he had the power cleaning fucking we jet. We hosed oh. the whole building. Fuck. Top to bottom. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. It was incredibly satisfying though, wasn't it? Well, afterwards, yeah. Yeah. 
The worst was the paint that you and Paul did. That was so fucked. The back, the back wall <laughs> with the... What did you have? It was a spray... It some a spray kind of, gun. Oh, man. I just remember walking in that night because I was doing the floor upstairs. Oh, the stairs. I was angle grinding the, the stairs back, the glue off the stairs because we were going to seal the office floor. And I fucking almost died from, the to- from how toxic it smelled. I was like... <laughs> I had to run out of the gym and I was like coughing and sputting and I was like, oh, man. Even with the masks on... It was fucking hard work. Hard Paul, work. I was in a... Paul's in, a fo- in the forklift. I'm in a cage that's on the forklift with a spray gun and we're all covered like um, head to toe, like PPE, face mask, breathing apparatus, whatever. Like a scene out of Breaking, breaking Bad. Bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Paul's, Paul's like... It's 11 o'clock at night. Paul's taking me up to top stick on the forklift and I'm spraying this white paint thick on the wall on that brick that just absorbs everything oh man it's just fumes and it was like and like we couldn't even hear each other because we're both wearing the ear mufflers and and Paul's using a diesel forklift and I'm using like a diesel sprayer or or an air compressor or some shit fucking gross it was rank yeah but got the job done got the job done and then um and then we did the floor up up here with a stone grinder pulled all the carpet up fuck ground back the concrete slab and then we had to like we had to wash it back and then we sealed it uh which came up fucking awesome and then um we uh kenny had a big table at his lockup um and he's like mate i got this huge table at my lockup you can have it if you want because it's been sitting there for 20 years and i couldn't i couldn't bring myself to throwing it out so if you want it it's yours and uh it took it took like a when he told me, I was like, I can't, I don't want to do any more work on this place for a while. <laughs> and the thing was so fucking big and heavy. And then it took about, what, well, took two years before I actually kind of brought myself round to picking it up and bringing it over. And we had, what was it, like, how many of us were there? It was you. Were you, yeah, you weren't here. I was on the receiving end I for had, a little yeah, bit. Me as Marco... Um, uh, Paul? Paul was here and then it was um, Jared as well. You can't, you almost can't perceive of the size and the, the heaviness, the weight of the table. The fucking table was heavy. It's like a concrete slab. <laughs> what is it? It's like two meters by two by five or something. Yeah, about that. Something, yeah, it's a huge. Anyway, we had to get it up this fucking stairwell that kind of turns around the corner. And I think at one stage, all the weight went into Jared. And luckily, the guy deadlifts like, I don't know, what was he deadlift like 200, 250, something like that for reps kind of thing. And it all shifted into his hands. And I remember just seeing like his whole body just start swelling and all the fades start (laughs) popping out of his forehead. And I was like, oh, oh, we need to shift the weight back towards the front. But uh, we got up here and now we've got this big communal table in the middle of the office. And again, office space is the same thing, you know. It, it, it promotes interaction, which is sometimes a bad thing, you know, because you can't get a lot of work done here because it's always someone that wants to have a little chat. Um, we've yeah, got uh, Tatame Matt in the corner where you can sit and have a little stretch and sit on a beanbag. But then we also have another table, which is where we podcast, uh, but also somewhere where you can sit and, and kind of separate yourself from, from the crew, you know? Yeah. So 
yeah, all around. Uh, this, yeah, a lot of help from a lot of people. I know I've probably missed a whole bunch of names there. You know, Nicole was really big, big help through all of that. Um, you know, with Josh Pincus and there's heaps and heaps of other people that I haven't mentioned. But I mean, the final product has just been yeah something very different very different very unique and something that i think everyone who trains here or works here is very proud of you know yeah yeah that's kind of it's a it's a big job and the i mean what do you how do you see it you know you've been saying a bit recently that you kind of feel like the the majority of the jobs that you've wanted to get done in this space have done now yeah do you think that you know, you're a bit of a restless guy when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Which is why you're a good guy for the job. Yeah. Do you think that that's the case or do you think that you'll be finding more things you want to work on? Oh, yeah, always more projects. I said to you before, like, even though, like, when the big stints of work, you get pretty run down, tired. I actually, I like that. I like, I don't like, I don't think it's, 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 um, I don't think it's sustainable to work like that. A lot of people work like that day in and day out forever and you, your body's fucked by the time you're 60. But I think having little stints of pushing yourself, um, I think it's actually good for you. You know, As long as you're getting good recovery at the end, it's like having an event of some kind every now and then, you know, yeah. jiu-jitsu comp or fucking marathon, whatever it is, you know. As long as you're looking after yourself as you do it and you're fit for it, then, uh, you know, I think it's good for you. Uh, I really enjoy the process and I, I like the finished product. I like watching people in, enjoy that space and use it and that kind of um, do, does a lot for me. But I think the actual process from start to finish is is the fun part for me. So once something's done, I'm always thinking about the next, next big project, which I'm already... I know what I want to what, do next. What, what is that? Well, I think... Um, as far as like brace yourself, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Joe's scratching his yeah. head. Like, like, how uh, much is this gonna cost me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So um well, we're we're expanding as a business, you know. And we've got our coaches development. We want to move into uh, we want more jungle brothers out there. Um and I mean that's a, a conversation for another day, which I'm sure we'll have very soon. Mm. But I want to create a space that um, that's almost that's geared up for coaches' development, you know. And I really want to push the the the, the boundaries of our of the Jungle Brothers ethos. I'd like to be able to uh, build something that has more natural interaction, so the space will be uh, in a fucking rainforest or something like that. And then we pull the walls away, still have the height, have a big high roof have no walls, um, bring the outdoors kind of inside the gym and have more interaction with the space, um, with natural space and make that more of a feature. So like fully operating food forests, um, you know, it's closed systems with water and, uh, and then um, uh, space dedicated to education where people can sit and, and deliver, um, you know, you can get in there and, and, and run, you know, a group of 30 or 20 or 30 up-and-coming Jungle Brothers coaches over a shorter period of time. So rather than, uh, you know, a six-week span of, um, of uh, coaches' development, it could be done over 
over two a, week a intensive week, or yeah, something. Or two, you're high, yeah, intensive. So you wake up in the morning early, train two hours, study, work, um, deliver for another two, back into training, work the land, you know, understand your food source, where it comes from, how that interacts with your, your health, um, the, the connection between your own personal health and the health of the environment that, are, that is around you. And that doesn't just extend to, you know, the little garden out the front that's as far as your eye can see really mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And then bring in, um, bring in some, you know, just guest speakers and that kind of stuff. And then um, have that, you know, and that might be a quarterly thing, uh, but then have that space as a, an open camping space uh, at other times. And there might be some, uh, you know, passive housing there that people can Airbnb at other times. Um, but then the training space could potentially have classes running or coaches working out of that space as well, doing their thing too. But that, that would be the next kind of big build that you're going to pay for. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? This sounds great. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm sure Paul's stoked. Paul will love it. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, uh, that, would be, that would be the next, next big one. And I think, the, I mean, the idea of that would be to accelerate the, 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 the education process of, of the JB way, you know? Yeah. So you, you come in already accomplished coach and you're like, oh, I want to learn about how these guys do what they do. You know what I mean? You might fly in from somewhere overseas and you can't afford to take six weeks off, you know, but you can afford to take two. Yeah. And those two weeks are rather than waiting around for the next day, you know, to, to meet for a couple of hours, you're working the whole time. Yeah, you know? that would be sick. Training the whole time, you're learning the whole time and you just get, you know, you just get leveled up in a matter of, in a matter of weeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that'd be mad. And I mean, we've spoken about a similar similar kinds of things in the mm. past, haven't we? Yeah. Having something that was more, um, you know, a bit less urban, a bit more based in nature. Yeah. Which was probably going to coincide with one of us moving, and probably you, because you, mm. you like your nature. Yeah. We all do, but you have a particular love for it. Moving out of town, getting out of somewhere, and then having the, the, you know, when we get to a point where we could have some space it would be kind of a really a natural progression of what we've been doing here in the city. I think so, yeah. And, and just a place where you can, you can experiment, you know? Yeah. And just take away the, the, the – there's certain – I think with the fitness industry especially, there's not a lot of creatives in that space, you know what I mean? There are people that like sets and reps and they well, do – There was a guy called Greg Glassman, but he's out now. Yeah. <laughs> Holy he shit. He was known as being quite creative in his yeah, time. He's making space for us. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Greg. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think uh, it's, it's time for, for people to start opening their perspectives uh, of, or perspective of, of health uh, in general, you know, and that's on a movement base, obviously, um, and to have a place where you can explore, explore the arts um, but also uh, as a as a as a broader spectrum perspective of you know where your place is in this world and what your what your role is you know and that moral obligation if you are selling health and you're making a living from it that you should be um, acknowledging all of it and not just one specific 
area of it and ignoring all the other shit that's, um, you know, slowly coming apart at the seams, you know? Yep. And I think, yeah, so that's a, that would be... That would be the aim of a space like that, you know? And also showing like a, an up-and-coming gym owner that you don't have to have uh, a warehouse space or an office space to be able to, to, to produce fit, healthy individuals, you know? You can do it anywhere. It's true. Do it in the park. You, yeah. can, you can build whatever the fuck you want and, and make it work, you know, with the little or uh, uh, amount of resources that you have. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, if we look back at where we started from, there was never a point where there was never a point where we had a large chunk of capital and then we created something and that was the business. Yeah. It was always just we started working with what we had and then kind of slowly growing from there. Yeah, it was. And we have had like when we built this gym, we have had um a couple of people who who put some money forward. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But but even then it wasn't like hey, here's quarter of a million bucks go and create your dream. Yeah. It was like, yeah, here's a chunk. And we, we realized, all right, that's going to enable us to build, you know, these three things that we it's really need. Yeah. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll run from there. So yeah. it's been pivotal, but I think there's a, yeah, it's kind of cool that, that we've never had to, because we also didn't know what we really wanted. No. So it allowed for that evolution to take place. Mm. But so I do agree. And I think that for someone who is up and coming, you, you don't have to have a huge amount of money behind you. You just got to have a bit of an idea and, yeah, vision for it, and and be able to share that with the people around you and inspire them, so they mm. do feel like they're part of something, and they want to invest their time, want to invest some money, want to invest their knowledge into helping you succeed because it's something that they want to give, you know. And then, of course, have the intention of being able to give that back and plus some, you know. Yeah, always, and that's you know we've had so much fucking help, like crazy help, money help, and you know. Advice. knowledge help and advice and just support moral support i mean even just having having our surveys coming back and people saying just keep doing what you're doing boys we'll love it you know yeah that alone is enough to just kind of get you over the finish line you know it's yeah all of it every last little bit of help and that's played such a fucking big role over covid for us you know the amount of feedback that we've had by shifting into a to a digital model and you know investing in uh camera equipment and lights and mics and shit like that and then running a full schedule like that whole time we had our community behind us just kind of you know cheering us on you know yeah and if you if you don't have that you you start to second guess yourself you know so yeah there's no way we would be able to get to where we are now without the people around us you know yeah and it extends to past members too, right? People who have come and gone. I think back to like Porky and stuff from the old gym. Yeah. Helping us with plumbing. Yes. You know, and he's like, yeah. oh, mate, I'm happy to help. You know, it's making the gym that I train at better. Yeah. And we're like, fuck, what a legend. Yes. You know, and he doesn't train with us anymore. No. He probably still should. But, you know, <laughs> yes. he, you know he's a lovely guy. And, he, and, you know, and that, it was that attitude that we've, that we've been fortunate enough to um, – meet a lot of people on the way who, who shared that attitude yeah. that have helped us to get to where we are. Well, that was like Derek wanting to build a mezzanine so he could do Train jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to build a harbour bridge for you guys so that I can come and train jiu-jitsu. Yes. That was a big job. Massive, massive job. And, you know, for a fraction of what we would have paid if we went, well, we couldn't have done it no. if, we, if we did that through the, 
your, your normal avenues just yeah. wouldn't have been achievable, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been... Uh, there'll be more building coming uh, for sure, but uh, I think now has been a really good time to sit back and reflect about, about how far... Um, the, the gym design and gym build has come and what it started as and what it's evolved into and the beginning was really what was it it was a fucking it was a an, an empty garage with a bunch of kit that we bought for two dollars yeah wasn't it two bucks two uh, bucks or ten bucks it was two dollars two dollars yeah we talked them down to two incredible they wanted ten they wanted out they wanted ten bucks and we said not two bucks <laughs> 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 and we thought we got the mad deal yeah, and really, yeah, it was a bit of a shit sandwich. Yeah, but I was sort of kettlebells and plates from that first initial investment. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. Some collars, yeah, barbell collars. Yeah, there's quite a few little bits poking about the old gym, but yeah, you know, it's good evolution. Any um any anyone you want to thank? You know, specifically. I mean, you kind of mentioned a lot of names, and obviously, it's 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 probably not possible to mention everybody. No. But, um, yeah, anyone in closing that you wanted to make mention of? Mate, I think, you know, just going back to those, those, those you know, Derek and his boys, it's been uh, Eddie, Eddie Patterson, uh, Derek Frontline Fabrications in, in Botany. And then we've got Stefan Blaze and he's got his own uh, carpentry business. He's working on passive housing now, uh, and, you know, and his crew. He's got uh, Marek and, and his brother Arnold. Um, Nicole's always always there. And Carl, you know, he he's not running a building business, but um, you know, I can't thank that guy enough. He's just been mm. he's been around the whole time. My you know, father in law. Uh, these are the big names, you know. But then everyone in between, you know, Marco spent a, a, a day on the deck and we had Michael come out, Mistillo, and he did a bunch of work and then mm-hmm. then, you know, Mark Milton, who just said he just turned up on the day when we built the mezzanine and he's like, I just like, I got a drill. I'll come help. Drills in, like screws into, <laughs> into decks. And, and that was him. He was there for the whole day doing that and people bringing us food. And yeah, I just, yeah. The Aaron, Aaron hook. Aaron hook All has that been flooring. an absolute fucking weapon. Yeah. That he's guy is a bloody good carpenter. And, um, you know, again, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't want anything returned, just turns up, uses all his own tools and, Obviously, we're going we're gonna to sort him out somehow. But, and yeah, it, it, the list goes on and on, you know. And I guess, you know, like I, like I said, it's not possible to mention everyone. But, you know, even then on top of all that, you've got all the people that help us on the more technological side of things. Um, people okay. that give us design advice like Johan, Will Lyons, yeah. Tony O'Brien helping us with SEO stuff, Mark Milton advising us on technological aspects. Yeah. Like it really is never ending and it's, you know, it's, there's so many fronts where there's people contributing towards. It's quite staggering. Yeah, we had, we had Nate, Nate Paint doing all of our painting. The jiu-jitsu coach, jiu-jitsu painting. Jiu-jitsu coach, he's actually a painter, so he came in and did a whole, yeah, he did the whole back wall again and the front. And yeah, it's, I think it's nice also to be able to look into your own crew and, you know, support them as well. Yeah. You know, in some way or another. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, man, that's that's kind of it. Well, I guess um, you know, it's probably a good time if if those, those people are listening to you know start getting your tool belts ready, 
start polishing things off because you know the next build's going to start pretty soon no doubt yeah we'll all have to tra- tra- do a bit of travel yeah we're all going to be heading time. up north probably northern rivers i'm guessing yeah that's where you've had your eye on yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean look even here we've still got our 42 panels on the roof as well got to mention that so we've still got a little bit of work to we can potentially put another container on the one we've got as well yeah so we can have a why can't we put a third one on top of that possibly (laughs) (laughs) then we've got our own roof but yeah we 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 need we definitely need batteries to harness all the power we harness power we create and then we're going to get a tesla and plug that into the gym that's cool yeah 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 we all should get a tesla yeah i believe so too i think you'd suit the tesla tesla roadster that little sports car Oh, yeah, little yeah. zippy thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like that. If I had a car like that, I'd probably park it really badly and like across two parking spots and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Always. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do, mate? <laughs> park well, it. you can't even key it now because the camera will record you doing it. Is that right? And then face recognize you. That's mad. Yeah, how's that? That's cool. Mm. Fuck it's yeah. scary. Yeah. <laughs> can't even key a car nowadays. <laughs> Do people still key cars? Uh, probably. Yeah. You'd think so. Yeah. You know? It's an oldie, a nice good car. <laughs> <laughs> so you get three panels there. You know. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Not just the one panel. That doesn't cost enough. No, three panels. Fuck. Three panels. Not four, because then they can write the whole car off. Supposedly <laughs> it's like three. I know this because i got a panel beater mate, but I don't key cars. Anymore. <laughs> um. We'll wrap it there. Thanks, thanks for listening, guys. There's, um, yeah, that, man. There's so much gone into it, and uh, and we really pushed that point. Anyone whose name didn't get mentioned, you've not been forgotten. It's just, it's quite overwhelming when we try and look at all the humans who have been a part of it, and uh, we're eternally grateful. And we hope that, yeah, talking about it goes some way towards that. We got a cool thing coming actually for the, some of the construction guys, a little piece of recognition, but I won't yeah. mention what it is yet. Just a little way to say thanks to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah be awesome. if you enjoyed the episode, please take a screenshot of it on your phone, share it on your Instagram, tag us, tag a friend, um, any kind of thing you can do like that to help support the show helps to support us continue doing it. Um, and as we mentioned at the beginning, if you do want to help with any of your training or anything at all, get in touch, junglebrothers.com or at Jungle Brothers Movement. Um, episode 64, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Thanks, T. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You've been great.